Welcome to the Vanguard Church Podcast. You're about to hear a sermon from Vanguard Church Central in the heart of Colorado Springs. With every message, it's our prayer that you hear and learn how to live out your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. May your faith be strengthened, your hope increased, and your heart inspired to live for Jesus no matter the cost. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. We're going to talk about this concept that we are the physical representation, God's temple. We are the physical representation of God's presence on this earth. Amen? And we're going to see today in Ezekiel 41 and 42 that God is involved in the physical, structural details of our lives. And if, and if we will, you ready? If we will not give up hope, because if you're anything like me, I wrote this message on April 4th, 2023, and I was discouraged about some of the physical details of my life. I was numb to them. I was frustrated. I was irritated. I was all the Asians you can think of. And I was telling them all to God as I went into writing this message. And what God showed me is that when I want to give up on paying attention to the physical details of my life, that is when he wants me to pay the most attention. See, the enemy wants you to stop looking at your life in detail. You say, how come? Because we had a testimony night last Wednesday night, and for an hour and a half, you, people in our church, shared. And everybody pretty much said this similar sentiment. I didn't see God in it until afterwards, and I what? I looked back, and I could see God's fingerprints in the details of my life. And so I want to encourage you today. There are details about your life that are very painful. I get it. True for me as well. But if you stop focusing on the details of your life and caring about them, you are going to miss out on seeing and experiencing the holy presence of God in your life. And we're going to see that today as God builds this physical temple. He's going to say to us, you are that temple. And what he's going to show us today about that physical temple, he wants you to know is true of your life today in your real relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? You're not sure yet. That's okay. Uh, Take your program, your Bible, or your internet device, Ezekiel 41 and 42. And these are two chapters I can guarantee you, if you've ever read them, you read them really fast and moved on. And you go, great for them. I hope they had a nice time with it. But before this is over, I'm going to show you the significance of Jesus in this passage and how extremely significant it is that you focus on the physical details of your life if you want to experience the holy presence of Jesus in your life today. 
Look at Ezekiel chapter 41, verse 1, and we're going to answer this question today. How can physical details and physical structures help us in our real relationship with Jesus? Look at verse 1. Now, after that, the man. Now, who's the man? We learn Ezekiel 1. The man is Jesus. Brought me into the sanctuary of the temple. He measured the walls on either side of its doorway. And they were 10 and a half feet thick. The doorway was 17 and a half feet wide. And the walls on each side of it were eight and three quarter feet long. The sanctuary itself was 70 feet long and 35 feet wide. So that's great, right? This place, this temple that's being built represented God's presence. So why do we have this building? Because this building is a physical representation of God's presence. Now, Michael, where are you in the room? Wave at me so I know where you're at. You're not in the room. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're, I guess you're in T6. You're somewhere in the building because I've talked to you. So Michael Cohen, Wednesday night, he gave testimony. And he said, in 1989... I had a job in this building because it was a movie theater. Well, it ain't no movie theater anymore. He now comes to this building because this is where eight or nine years ago, he found Jesus Christ. Amen. And I met some of you this morning in the first service and in this service uh, that are visiting today. And you've watched a movie in this building and hey, that's great. But this is God's house now. And we've dedicated this house to God Almighty. It is a sacred space that we come to to declare his holy presence. So how are physical structures and details, how do they help us in our real relationship? Number one, they remind us of God's presence in our lives. They remind us of God's presence in our lives. Now, for me, uh, this building does that, but also journaling does that for me. And so I have, uh, I have like 58 journals now because I have a lot to confess. I have 58 journals, and they're physical examples of my real relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, about 15 years ago, we've lived on our farm for 18 years now as of this July. And about 15 years ago, I felt like God said to me in one of my times with the Lord, hey, I want you to go to, it's very specific, to Home Depot, uh, Woodman and Academy, and I have a tree there that I want you to buy. I want you to take it back and I want you to plant it in your front yard so that when you look out your front door, you'll be able to see it and you'll be able to remember physically of my faithfulness, God is saying, to you in your relationship. And so I went to Home Depot. I found this little tree. It was a blue spruce. It was called Baby Blue Eyes. It was this tall. It cost me $12. You can't buy anything for $12 today, right? Amen. And now I took a picture. I want to show this to you. Can we bring that backdrop down, Josh, so we can just see the picture? Is that possible? Bring the camera off. 
maybe we can't. Well, you can see the tree, and now you can't. There we go. So I'm six feet tall. Don't be denying it, all right? And there's that one-foot tree that's now, I don't know, 20, 25 feet tall. And now I cannot sit and look out my front window without seeing this tree, right? And this tree, God's faithfulness in my life. And one of the sacred places on our farm is just back where the picture was taken. There's a chair and I sit in it. And I sit on the other side of the house as well. But this is one of the places where I sit, especially when I go on summer break and I talk to God and he reminds me through this physical example of his faithfulness to me. So here's my question to you. What physical representations do you have in your life to remind you of God's faithful presence in your life? What is that for you? It doesn't have to be a tree, but it should be something. There should be physical things in your life that remind you of God's goodness and God's faithfulness to you. And if you don't have anything like that, then I would encourage you before today is over to say to God, God, what physical symbol or sign do you want me to have in my life that represents your faithfulness to me so that when I can't feel your presence, I can at least look at a physical example of your goodness to me and be reminded of it. Now, when I bought that tree, do you know what, you know what I was afraid of, Candace? That? that it was going to die, right? So, so we want to be real careful not to have anything because then we lose all hope, right? And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Don't live like that. Don't live like that. Declare things in your life as physical examples of God's faithfulness. Verse 3, then he went beyond the sanctuary. And he went into the inner, and I put the word here, entry, because we don't really use the word inner. We don't know what that means. So he went into the entry room. So what we understand about the temple is there are three basically major sections of the temple. When you come in, there's the outer court. And then you go into what's known as the inner court. And in the inner court, there are two rooms. There's the entry room, the place known as the holy place. And then we're going to also talk today about that third room, which is the holy of holies. But this room that we're looking at is that entry area that leads to the holy of holies. And listen to what it says about the details. He measured the walls on either side of its entrance. They were three and a half feet thick. The entrance was 10 and a half feet wide. The walls on each side of the entrance were 12 and one-fourth feet long. So what was in this holy place? Well, going all the way back to the time of Moses, there were a few things that were placed in the tabernacle, the temporary temple, that now will be placed in the permanent temple, three of them. Number one, was known as the bread of the presence. 
So basically the priest every day had to get a new fresh loaf. Mm. Can you smell it? Had to get a new fresh loaf of bread and put in the holy place. And that bread represented God's presence. The second thing was a golden lampstand. Now, we don't use terminology like this. Uh, We would call it a light. There was this golden lampstand, and it radiated light, and that light represented the holy presence of God. And then there was the aromatic, the fragrant smell that was released within this area, and that smell also represented God's presence. Now listen to me. If you do not have physical things that remind you of God's presence, you're really missing out. God wants you to have smells. He wants you to have things you see. He wants you to have things physically that you engage so that you understand that he is real. And the first thing that suffering does to us is it causes us not to feel God's presence. And when you can't feel it, you need a physical representation to bring you back to it to remind you that it is still real. Amen? Now, you ready? Because this, this should blow your mind. I have people that say things like this. Well, Jesus never really said he was God. They go, well, no offense, but your ignorance is great. Because any Jew who knew the Bible knows that Jesus was so redundant with making the point, I'm God. Jesus said it over and over again. Let me show it to you today. Because these symbols that I've just introduced you to represented the presence of God, the holy presence of God. So listen to what Jesus says in the gospels. Let's read it. John chapter eight, verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and here's what he said. I am the golden lampstand in the holy place. I am the light of the world. If you are looking at me, you are looking at God's presence. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to what? Life. So what Jesus is saying is, I'm that golden lampstand. I'm that light. Second of all, John 6, 35, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. I am the loaf of bread in the holy place that represented the holy presence of God. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. I cannot tell you how brilliant these statements are and how he takes the details of the physical structure of the temple to make the point that it all points to him. 2 Corinthians 2.15 our lives. And this is Paul talking, a Jew, who's now going to take the imagery of Christ, 
the temple in the Old Testament that Ezekiel shows us here, and now he's going to bring us into the picture. Beautiful. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance. Uh Uh-oh. So that aroma in the holy place, it's not just Jesus. It's you too. It's the Jesus living in you. And you are radiating a fragrance on this earth. You are bringing people into the holy place just by being present and engaged and involved in people's lives. A Christ-like fragrance rising to God. But this fragrance, you have to understand, it's perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who aren't or who are perishing. So some people are not going to see it. Now, look at this C.S. Lewis quote. I love this. It's in your program. There are no ordinary people. You go, I'm an ordinary. No, no, no. I agree with C.S. Lewis. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked with a mere mortal. Put another way, every human contact has eternal consequences. Every day we have opportunities to make a difference in the lives of people around us through the quiet witness of a faithful and gentle life or through encouraging words to a weary soul. Amen? Never underestimate the effect a Christ-like life can have on others. Now, let's go a little deeper into the temple. We've entered the outer court. Now we've gone into the entry to the holy place Now we're going to go into the holy of holies. But we need to understand that between the holy place and the holy of holies, there is this thing called the what? The veil. And the veil was not like a a sheet or a sheen, uh, you know, curtain. The veil was almost like a, a wall. And it was to keep people from going into the place that if they went, it would kill you. The high priest was only allowed to go into the Holy of Holies one time a year, and he was to go in on the Day of Atonement and take a lamb and sacrifice it for the sins of the nation of Israel. Now, today, what do we call this? Just happened two weeks or three weeks ago. We call this Easter because of what Jesus did. And I'm going to show you this in the Scriptures. Because Jesus offered himself as the lamb, he paid the penalty eternally for all of our sins. And so this repetitious act of going into the Holy of Holies once a year to offer a lamb ended at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So look with me at verse 4. The inner room of the sanctuary was 35 feet long and 35 feet wide. This, he told me, Jesus, is the most holy place. Now, I want to stop there just a second. I'm a farmer, okay? And one of the questions I get asked over the years is, is having cows a lot of work? And here's the answer, if you've never had any, yes. If you don't know what you're doing, it is a massive amount of intimidation, okay? And so one of the things that you learn about being a bovine theologian, all right, 
is that when you want to load a cow that weighs 12, 15, 1,800 pounds, okay, and, and, and you're loading them, okay, and you weigh, <laughs> you know, a buck 50 to 200 somewhere in there, right? So you have to understand something about a cow, and here's what you need to know. When you start to load a cow, you begin with wide open spaces that narrowly point them and direct their eyes into the trailer and you create the physical setting so that they want to go on the trailer. You make it their idea, okay? So now with that in mind, the temple. The temple was built so that when you walked into it, it narrowed and pointed your eyes to the holy of holies. This is remarkable. And what God is saying to us through the structure of the temple is that every detail about your physical life is to get your eyes fixed on the holiness of God's presence in your life. And so regardless of whether you understand what the symbol means, what the sign means, whether God's made it clear yet about the details of what you're going through, here's what you can rest in. All the details of your life, everything, God says, I am using them. All things work together for the good of those who love him, called according to his purpose. Everything about your life is built like the temple so that it turns your focus to God's holy presence. And see, Michelle, where are you? Michelle Root, where are you? Wait, there you are. So Michelle, you said Wednesday night, and, and since everybody gave public testimony, I can just repeat everything everybody said. You said Wednesday night that you have struggled with insecurity in your life. And then you said, and I love this, and then at the same time, you struggle with pride. And how does that work? And here's what we know about our lives. When we go through difficult things in our lives, we have a tendency to go one or two different directions. We go to our insecurities, our shortcomings. We look at our unholiness or we go to our successes and look at how great we are. And all the details of your life, do you understand this? Everything that is happening to you right now is so that your eyes will fix on the holy of holies of God's presence in your life. And whatever in your life, here's the tough word now, whatever in your life is not guiding your eyes to the holy place of God, you are building idols in your name. And the moment you die, it'll all crumble. And so what is it in your life? You know, it's like what you eat, where you live, what you drive, what you wear, where you vacation. Any of that stuff that does not point you to the holiness of God is idols you're building to yourself. You're building them to your insecurities. You're building them to your pride. And God wants you to understand that everything about your life is so that you will go through this narrow passage and your eyes will be fixed 
on the holy of holies. Now, with that said, look at this. Hebrews 10, 19. Why is this important? And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly, don't lose sight of that word, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place. Because why? Because of the blood of Jesus. It's not about my insecurities. It's not about my accomplishments. It's about what Jesus has done for me. And so whatever is happening in your life, maybe something is going on in your life right now and you go, yeah, God's just punishing me again. No, he's not. No, he's not. God does not punish you in the present for sin confessed in your past. Do you understand that? God does not punish you in the present for sin confessed in your past. You say, then what does he do? Here's what he does. He uses it to point you beyond your insecurities and your pride to himself. And he wants, whenever you feel bad about yourself, look to him. Whenever you feel great about yourself, look to him and recognize that he's covered your insecurities and he's given you your accomplishments. Amen? Amen? And all the glory goes to him. All the glory. And if all the glory doesn't go to him, you ready? Then you don't enter the holy of holies. You're on the outside looking in. Your ticket for getting in is his blood sacrificed for you. So we boldly approach it because of what he's done for us. Now look at verse 20. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into, you ready? The most holy place, the holy of holies. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, there it is, his temple, let us go right into the presence of God. Let's go with sincere hearts, you ready? Fully trusting. You go, I understand what he's doing. I, he hasn't... He, You have to say to the Lord, like I said to the Lord today, Lord, it doesn't look like you're going to answer this in the time that I thought you were going to answer it. So I've got one option. I've got two, but I don't like the one option. I've got one option. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. For our guilty consciences, you ready? Have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water If you've accepted Jesus and you've not entered the Holy of Holies, it's because you're waiting outside. He's done enough. He's done all that you need to enter in and worship him. God is not, after you confess your sin, he's not looking for you to continue to stand outside of the Holy of Holies that he has for your life. So how do physical details and structures help? Number two, they focus, they refocus us on God's holiness. Number three, they re-enter us, excuse me, they recenter us on worshiping him. Look at verse 15. The sanctuary, the inner room, the entry room of the temple were all paneled with wood. So I'm a child of the 70s. Everyone had paneling in their house when I was a kid. 
The inner walls of the temple were paneled with wood above and below the windows, the space above the door leading into the inner room and its walls inside and out were also paneled. All the walls were decorated with carvings of cherubim. Now he's going to get real specific here. Cherubim are angels, each with two faces. So they had two faces. There was a carving of a palm tree between each of the cherubim. One face that of a man looked toward the palm tree on one side. The other face that of a young lion looked toward the palm tree on the other side. The figures were carved all along the inside of the temple from door, excuse me, from floor to the top of the walls, including the outer wall of the sanctuary. So I read this and I was like, great, I have no idea what this means. So I had to go dig. And here's what I discovered. And I don't have time to go into all the details of why it means this, but here's what it means. These symbols, Ezekiel understood, all these symbols basically made the point to Ezekiel that God is guarding over your life and he is intimately involved in the details of your life. He sees them. He sees them. And so isn't it interesting that as you come into the temple, they built these walls and that narrow, that focus you to the Holy of Holies, and the murals on the walls were for the purpose of saying two things. God sees and God cares. God sees and God cares. Amen? Now let me show it to you in Scripture. Psalm 37, 23. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. Thank you. He delights in every detail, every detail, every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, oh, yes, we do. They will never fall. Thank you, Lord. For the Lord holds them by the hand. Isaiah 43, 2. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. And we say to the Lord, take the deep waters away. Take the deep waters away. Take the deep waters away. And the Lord says, let's go in them together. No, let's don't. And the Lord says, I'm going in the deep water. I guess I am too. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you won't drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you'll not be burned up. The flames will not be your end. Fear is not your future. God is. Death is not the end. Jesus is. And just on the other side of death is Jesus. Don't ever forget that. God sees what you're going through and he cares. So how do physical details and structures help us? Number four, they remind us that God sees us. So what is it in your life? What is it in your life that you think God doesn't see? You're like, yeah, God God doesn't see that. And, you know, it's like, well, Lord, you obviously don't see the injustice that I see. So let me point it out to you, Lord. Let me help you out here a little bit, Lord. Let me give you eyes because you don't seem to be able to see what I see. And so at some point, you're going to have to make a decision by faith. And here's the decision by faith. The decision by faith is to say this. 
God, you see what I see. You see it all. You see it all. And so where in your life do you need to invite God's presence into it and say, God, you see this. Oh, and it's going to provoke some emotion in you that you're not going to know what to do with. Ah, that's called real relationship, by the way. And then second of all, look at this, principle five. They remind us. What do the details do? They remind us that he cares about us. So there's two declarations that you're going to have to make if you're going to move forward in the details of your life. As you look at the minutia of your life, as you look at all the details of your life, you're going to have to say to God, God sees all of them. And second of all, he cares about all of them. And so what detail in your life do you think he doesn't care anything about? And we all have them. I've got them. You've got them. What detail in your life do you think, well, that's not, I'll take care of this because that's not important to God. No, no, it is. It is. It's extremely important. God sees and God cares about all of it, all of it. Look at Ezekiel 42. Then the man, Jesus, led me out of the temple courtyard by way of the north gateway. We entered the outer courtyard, came to a group of rooms against the north wall of the inner courtyard. Talk about details here. This structure whose entrance opened toward the north was 175 feet long, 87 and a half feet wide. One block of rooms overlooked the 35-foot uh, width of the inner courtyard, and another block of rooms looked out onto the pavement of the outer courtyard. The two blocks were built three levels high and stood across from each other. On the south side of the temple, there were two blocks of rooms just south of the inner courtyard between the temple and the outer courtyard. These rooms were arranged just like the rooms on the north. Verse 13, then the man told me, these rooms that overlook the temple from the north and south, they are, somebody say it, they're holy, they're sacred. Here the priests who offer sacrifice to the Lord will eat the most holy offerings because these rooms are holy. They'll be used to store the sacred offerings, the grain offerings, sin offerings, and guilt offerings. When the priests leave the sanctuary, they must not go directly to the outer courtyard. They must first take off the clothes they wore while ministering because these clothes are what? Holy. They must put on other clothes before entering the parts of the building complex open to the public. Verse 15, when the man had finished measuring the inside of the temple area, see details matter to Jesus because he's the man here. He led me out through the east gateway to the measure of the entire perimeter. So the area was 875 feet on each side with a wall all around it to separate what was holy from what was common. So how do details help us? Number six, they bring us back to him on a consistent basis. They bring us back. And see, my heart tends to leave the one I love. I don't know about you, but probably the one thing that I like, that I dislike the most about being a Christian is that the work I did for the Lord yesterday ain't gonna help me today. 
I got to go get the mercies that are new for me every morning and great is his faithfulness if I want to live for him today. The mercies of yesterday are not going to get me through today. The mercies of today are going to get me through today. And so here's my challenge to you. It's real simple. Do you have any sacred places that bring you back on a consistent basis to God's holy presence? Well, let me give you a suggestion. You ready? Let's start here. All right? Let's start here. Yes, this is just a brick and mortar building. I get it. But the truth is, this is a sacred space that's been dedicated to the holy presence of God Almighty. And so when we come here, this place is dedicated. We have people that pray before during, throughout the week, that this place will be dedicated to the holy presence of God. But where else? Where else? I have certain spots on my farm that I go to when I need to meet with Almighty God. And when I go there, I know why I'm going there. I know what the point is. And I have different places for different reasons, for different times where I want him to speak to me. For me, um, when I go camping, like there is something sacred about looking at God's creation and just beholding his majesty in it. And for me, I know this is going to sound really weird. When I'm having a really, really, really difficult time, I'll go stand in the middle of my cows. And there's something about the smell that God's presence overwhelms me. That's really weird, I know. But listen, these things are important. These are mine. What are yours? What are yours? What what do you go to? What sacred places and spaces do you go to that recenter you and reconnect you back to the holy of holies of God's presence. If you don't have any of those physical things, then I get how isolated you feel. I get how alone you feel. I get how you don't feel God at all. These places are where I go to feel God again. And listen to me. Yes, faith is more than a feeling but it is not devoid of feeling. And you have to feel God's presence. And my dad would always ask us the same question. This is why we're Baptocostal. My dad would always ask us the same question. Every time we got in the car to go home after church, he would say this, did you feel the spirit? Did you feel the spirit? It's important that you feel the holy presence of God. Amen. And so get these physical details, sacred spaces and places for yourself to remind you of God's holy, faithful presence in your life. Amen.
By the way, that's why we put these on. This is a holy reminder that I belong to Tasha and she belongs to me. And that's a sacred place. And the only two people that's going to keep that going is she and I, right? So be sure and tend to that, husbands and wives. Be sure and tend to that. Be intentional. And have these physical places and symbols to remind you. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this is your word. This is your word. And suffering is not something that any of us enjoy. It's something that we do everything we can to push away. But it's more than anything else, more quickly ushers us into the Holy of Holies. We learn in the book of Hebrews that Jesus learned obedience through suffering. He entered into this holy of holiest places through the passageway of suffering so that he could establish by his blood an eternal covenant that would not require animal sacrifice ever again. His blood permanently sealed the covenant. And Lord, we receive that. And maybe some of us in this room have never done that. Maybe some of us online have never done that. And I pray in the name of Jesus that we would receive the sacrifice of Jesus for our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Vanguard Central Podcast. We encourage you to go out and live your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. God bless you, friend. See you next time.